We are on Collins Conversations. I always let the guests introduce themselves, so let everybody know your name, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what brought you here. Uh, my name is Nelson Perrin. Uh, I guess I'm a hip-hop artist. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm 24 years old. <laughs> forgot how old I was for a second. Um, yeah. Uh, I make music. Uh, I touch my hand in the marketing side. I'm part of Invasion Records. Uh, we're a hip-hop label based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, yeah. And uh, always been Cleveland, Ohio. Did I read Strongsville you grew up? Yeah, I, uh, well, North Royalton originally is where my mom stayed. My dad stayed on the west side of Cleveland. Uh, so then I went to high school in Strongsville, graduated from Strongsville High School, and then bounced around uh, a bunch of different places, and then uh, currently reside, reside in Parma. Gotcha. So a west all over all over northeast Ohio. I, I was just over at Parma this afternoon. I, I hope you know about Express Deli. No, I'm not o familiar. Over on a 130th, mm -hmm. some of the best subs you could ever have. Check I'll them have out. To check it out. Um, they close a little bit early because they open really early. But I've never had a, a meal there where I wasn't like, I need another one. What's it, what's it called? <laughs> Express Deli. Express Deli. Um, some of the best wraps you ever have. Uh, being a West Sider, uh, you made the journey all the way over to the East Side. Not many do. So to do that, we always like to give somebody the gift as soon as they get on the show. Go ahead and check that out. Okay, appreciate you. Shout out Collins Conversations, man. So that's a okay. custom Collins Conversations bottle opener. Uh, won't rust, won't bust. That thing will last longer than you will. Throw a magnet on the back, do whatever you want, but you're ready to roll. Nice, appreciate you, man. I'm going to borrow that real quick, and speaking of Express Deli, that's where I got this delicious glass bottle of Coke. But I never ever remember to bring my own bottle openers. <laughs> uh, so so uh, somebody that's traveling, say, for a weekend into Cleveland, where, where would you take them, um, get something to eat, get a little bit of entertainment, uh, east side, west side, where's the best places to go in your opinion? Um, for food, somebody that's never been around here, I'd definitely probably take them to the Melt. I feel mm -hmm. like it's a nice local spot. Big, big-ass grilled cheese sandwiches, and they got like 20, 30 different kinds and grilled cheese you never even thought that you could make. Right. That you could put in a grilled cheese. <laughs> um, you know, there's a bunch of, you go downtown, go down to East 4th, check out all the bars if you're, you know, into that scene. Uh, I don't know, I'm, it's kind of hard, difficult for me. I'm kind of a homebody, to be honest, so I don't That's really totally get out all too much. But uh, there's definitely a lot. There's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, that you can go check out if you're into that. Uh, go to an Indians game or a Browns game if you're a sports guy. You know, there's definitely a lot to do in Cleveland that uh, people discredit the city a lot, but it's actually a really beautiful city and a lot to do here. One of the uh, the last interviews that we had down here was Jay Work, and he said that you were part of the new movement of kind of uniting everybody on the on the music scene. Um, what what would you say is this current state of the Cleveland music scene? Uh, it's nice, man. Uh, I think definitely we're starting to get past that stigma of just Cleveland doesn't support Cleveland and that we're all kind of just starting to support each other and show equal love and everybody just wants to see each other win and we're all, you know, establishing ourselves, have been making music now for years, doing it all together, so it's like we're all kind of realizing we're in the same boat, we're in the same position, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, why not? And the numbers and help everybody go up instead of being that guy in the corner that's hating on the next guy of oh, why is he doing this or doing that or blah blah why is this person not supporting me well, I don't know I feel like if everybody would just kill the ego and just support the fact that we're all from Cleveland 
on the same goal. Right. And we would all just get so much farther, so much quicker. And Jay works one of those people that has that same like mind. And yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you've been in Cleveland all the time. Has it been music all the time, or is music a more recent outlet? How long um, has your music career been going? Um, it's always been music. Uh, I've been into hip hop since I was a little kid. And my uncle was a producer when I was younger. So when I was like seven, eight years old, I was helping him build a booth in his bedroom. Nice. That was how I was staying in. Was uh, sneaking in at his bedroom and shit when he would go to work <laughs> and with a little uh, pin in his door and he'd come home, all of his levels would be all fucked up and everything. And he was touching my shit. That's awesome. So it was, uh, since I was young and I, I came from a young family, my mom was uh, 17 when I was born, my dad was 15. So they were very into hip hop. Um, <clears throat> that was what I was raised on. Like, uh, my mom was really into, like, Missy Elliott and Outkast and mm -hmm. Eminem, Dr. Dre, all that. So it's always, that's kind of what I was raised on since I was a baby, what was being played in the car. So then I started getting tied in. I uh, learned how to play guitar to read, like, tablatures and shit. Okay. So I started uh, self-teaching myself how to play guitar and was always into alternative music as well. Really all kinds of music. And um, I guess it just transitioned into me writing more in high school not wanting to take notes and shit in class i guess <laughs> right and banging on desks and yeah, instead of listening exactly and uh i guess one day is i think it was uh 2016 i did i graduated in 2015 okay so in january 2016 i had dropped uh, my first song on soundcloud and then from there it was uh ridicule <laughs> that people get for being on soundcloud do you think it's worth it or wh why do people hate on soundcloud I don't know, to be honest. That that always made no sense to me, the hate that SoundCloud got, the, the SoundCloud rapper stigma. I think it was more so the era of like the rappers that were coming up on mm -hmm. SoundCloud. Uh, and just like, uh, I don't know. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's, beyond, way, it's beyond me. I, I don't Music's know. music, and it's a platform that you could release it on for free and like upload it right on the spot and right. not have to like go through the distributors or anything like that. Cause, Especially artists that are first starting out and that are young, a lot of them don't even know about that. Right. That you can go to websites like that and upload it and have it distributed to all platforms. For sure. A lot of artists, like younger artists, will hit me up and be like, hey, how do I get my songs on Spotify, Apple Music? And like, got a lot to know to go through like a distro kid or mm -hmm. a tune core, etc. You know? Yeah. Uh, so you kind of self taught yourself everything then, because it sounds like you self taught yourself both the marketing and how to make the music. Yeah. W would you say, uh, You've always been that way, or is it just you don't like the way other people teach, or what? What, <laughs> what made you want to go? Because I'm the same way. Like I'd much rather spend twice as long to teach myself than sit through a lecture. Um, I think what it is is I'm very spontaneous. Mm -hmm. So when I decide that I want to learn something, I don't want to wait. Just jump right in. Yeah, and like when I wanted it. to learn guitar, my stepdad had guitars in the house, so I just went and grabbed it. Went on YouTube and Google and how to read tablatures, etc. Right. I actually asked him. I said, "What's the easiest way to learn?" And he's the one that suggested the tab. So that's and uh, tablatures. That's kind of you're just. It shows you. It shows you all six strings. Like it'll have six lines, uh -huh. and it'll just have a in order from left to right. It'll have a number. So it'll be like the first line. It don't say seven, so it'll be the seventh fret gotcha. on the first string. So then you would just teach yourself that and learn where to where to place your fingers, etc. And then I did that, transitioned to lear, uh, learning a couple different chords to where once I did those two things, I could play full songs. Sure. Have you learned how to like actually read music, or is it just kind of based Not on really. feel? 
<laughs> Not really. I can't read actual like sheet music. I used to be able to. I used to play trumpet in middle school. <laughs> so when I was in middle when I was in middle school, I could. But it's been definitely like over ten years since I've even attempted it. To be honest, I think most people that I ask that question, with the exception of like one or two people, they're like, I just picked it up and just based off feel, I learned how to do it that way. You know, you could read things, but if you could just create it yourself, why not? Yeah. So trumpet, drums, vocals, and any other musical instruments hiding in there? Um, not really. Mostly just the the vocals, the guitar. There was a little bit of drums, uh, the trumpet in middle school, recorder in like elementary <laughs> school, but nothing that I really I keep up to. Why to every school, everybody in school? Why did we all like? What type of programming was it? Like everybody has. To in the, yeah, like in the fourth grade, yeah. it was just. A must that all fourth graders play the recorder. This is a life skill. You don't need to know how to do taxes. You don't need to know how to balance a checkbook. But if you don't know how to play the goddamn recorder, <laughs> you're never going to be anything in life, you know? Facts. I cross buns. <laughs> and we all play the same song. There had to be some sort of... I'm, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but that's, there's got to be a reason we all know how cross Yeah, there's there's some, like... Better that's there's just the best marketing ever. Darker like, I'm not going to stop anything. That. Just I'm going to go straight to every school district. and like you go, Everybody's going to buy this stupid instrument and this thing is cheap music. <laughs> Do you do uh, production and, and beats and stuff digitally too, or? Uh, no, not really. Uh, my homie uh, Stony and Adi, I know you're familiar with them. Check them out. Stony in his bag and Adi Ray creates on Instagram. Uh, they make some great beats. And our our boy DJ Devs. Uh, we get a lot of our beats uh, in house from Invasion, so I kind of just leave that up to them. And right. Do more of the uh, vocals of it. Absolutely. Put the people where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and what's that like? Is it kind of just, you know, they're making stuff and they have files just and you go through them or is it you're looking for a specific sound and you go to them? What's the typical song um, production process for you? Um, it's a couple different ways. Uh, they have uh, BeatStars uh, mm -hmm. channels. Go check those out as well. Um, so I'll go to Stoney's BeatStars page and just see the beats that he uploads and if I like something, I'll tap in with him. Uh, if not, then we'll just be at the studio. We have uh, weekly, we meet up there, nice. and we just have meetings and sessions together as a group, and um, they'll just play some new beats that they have for us, and we'll all just kind of vibe out and pick one that we like, and end up just recording to it for the night. And gotcha. How it kind of goes through, like that song that we just filmed a, a video to in Colorado, Above the Ground. Mm -hmm. It was actually one of the first, uh, we call it Invasion Wednesday sessions, we meet every Wednesday. And, um, Stoney had the the beat, he pulled it up, we were all just in a good mood, went to the uh, room, everybody started vibing out to the beat, we recorded to it, booked that whole trip, went out there, shot it, so it was just, everything was all organic and did it together as a team and stuff, so it was really cool to see that all come together. And, yeah. Definitely, all, all those things are fun, on the fan side, to see people doing big things, like, oh, owner made him decide that's where they wanted to go, or what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe you were one of the uh, the introductory members that connected Invasion and Doer Gang, is that right? Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about Doer Gang? Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can go on for Doer Gang about hours. Um, so here's how the Doer Gang thing started. I was making music, like I said, in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, doing shows at like the Agora and shit. Uh, Open for like Montana 300 and like Chip the Rip. Just doing shit by myself. Right. And uh, I'm a fan of an artist named Caskey. And if you're familiar with who that is, right. uh, I'm sure a lot of people that'll be listening will know who I'm talking about. Um, I went to a show in Toledo, and it was at Frankie's Diner in Toledo, part of his No Apologies tour. Okay. This was December 2016. Uh, I was in the meet and greet line with my buddy Luke. Shout out Luke. 
and he's in mind you it's december so it's like 30 degrees freezing he's in a t-shirt like this little like hoodie cutoff thing that like cuts off to a t-shirt but had a hood on it so he's like oh i'll be good in this but then 20 minutes in line he's like shit like freezing <laughs> oh, dude come on we gotta get on the bus i'm like bro let's go to the back of the line i was like come on because i've seen everybody getting off the tour like on and off the tour bus with me and greet like clockwork like every 10 minutes mm-hmm. and we rolled up like six joints and shit trying to <laughs> kick with them and like actually like vibe out with them and shit and um so we go to the very back of the line and sure enough the people that were right in front of us was my buddy a bob and ruben and ay and all my doer gang homies okay and um just met them that night found out that a bob had a song with Kasky. Uh, that they had released on SoundCloud called Minute. Go check that out. Um, and we just connected through social media and vibed out at that show. And then kept in touch throughout all of 2017, just through Snapchat and Instagram and shit. And um, A-Bob ends up hitting me up top of 2018. He's like, yo, I have a house in Defiance, which is in Northwest Ohio, about an hour like southwest of Toledo. Okay. And um, so we move out to this house. He's like, you can come move out here. You don't got to pay any bills, no nothing, just come out here, let's make music, let's make it happen. Nice. I'm like, all right, bet. Sounds like a good situation. I'm like, all right, hell yeah. And it was, it was awesome. Honestly, the summer 2018 was probably like the most memorable summer of my life. Right. Know, just every day, we just wake up, make music all day, just throw on beats, just vibe in this house and stuff. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on camera, we took a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> Uh, I'm not allowed to say that. We can cut that part out. If you're in Denver, I think that's legal to do, right? I think so. Yeah. Sounds legal enough. Yeah, it's legal. <laughs> enough. But yeah, we uh, took a lot of lot of shrooms, uh, a lot of tabs. Uh, had a good old time that summer. Just really connected with ourselves. I really just found myself as a person. I feel like that year, and I, I credit a lot of that to my homie A Bob. And then um, that that winter, 2018, uh, we there was a show that came up, Doobie's Dark Holiday Show. At Newport Newport Music Hall in Columbus, and uh, his uh, DJ slash manager DJ Highlight had posted on his Instagram story something like, uh, "We need Ohio openers or something for the show." So I sh- I shot him an email. I was like, "Yo, we're a group called Doer Gang. We're interested." Because mind you, we had done some local shows. Uh, our we had a manager at the time named Kasem who had booked some shows for us in the Toledo area. Gotcha. Um, like we he flew Kasky out. We did a show with Kasky. We did a show with Dub Double X from EST. Uh, we drove down to Florida to Orlando um, and did a show in Tyler Yahweh's hometown in Orlando right after he had come off his uh, first tour with Post Malone. Um, in his like come up phase before he had signed to Epic Records and everything, so it was like kind of really cool, honestly, to see that intimate setting. There was only like a hundred something people there, and um, so I ended up going and doing that Doobie show in December, and then it was three months later. It was March 2019. He announced the Highway to Hell tour, Doobie, and uh, so I shot them an email again. Said, "Yo, like." Uh, remember us we're doer gang we did that show with you guys back in December but blah 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 because it went really well right and um they had emailed us they remembered who we were and they're like yeah like we definitely can get you guys on some shows uh so we honestly paid to get on a couple of the shows for the tour we paid for four dates the original four that we had uh booked was Chicago St. Louis Indianapolis and um Detroit so did those four and then after the Detroit one by that point it was just 
going very well and they invited us on a few more and we ended up doing I think 12 or 13 cities we did like Louisville Atlanta Charlotte Philadelphia Boston Buffalo Columbus nice so ended up doing like the whole tour with them so I'd, we got this uh fucking GNC Sienna a little van that we hollowed up the back of it through two couches in that bitch put up some <laughs> tapestry up on the ceiling and walls nice. and shit and just traveled the country with my best friends Rose like shit that you like like would dream about I don't know it was the best time of my life for real that was the best two three weeks ever right. <laughs> looking back at it that shit was amazing just would go wake up in one city like I remember uh, Louisville Kentucky we met some tattoo artists at the show and they're like oh yeah come through uh come through the shop um we'll give you guys all free tattoos this and that uh, you can stay as late as you want. So we went over to the tattoo shop. We're all just in there drinking, smoking, having a good time. And he tatted us all up for free. That's where I got the 333 tattoo. It was funny. I got it at 3.33 in the morning. I had taken a Snapchat while I was getting that tattooed on me. And we were in Nelson County, Kentucky. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Right. And then uh, went to sleep in the van at like 4 a.m. right after I had gotten that tattoo. And fucking... Woke up the next morning in Atlanta to them shaking me like, hey, we're in Atlanta, dude. Bob Skeen has your boy, like, hey, here's a tab. Come on, like, we're going to trip, we're gonna explore the city for the day. So I took a tab as in. We're just walking around Atlanta all day. So, so yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll cut it off there because, like I said, I can go on and on for hours about these guys. So many memories. We did a whole, we did two more tours. We did the Black Sheep 4 tour with Caskey. Did a couple shows on that. We did uh, the Faithfully Faded tour with Doobie, did a handful of shows on that. We did a sold-out show with him at uh, Express Live in front of like 2,000 people. Nice. So it's countless memories with those dudes, man. Those are my brothers forever. Love them. Shout out the whole Doer Gang fam. You mentioned something that you don't hear a lot of rappers actually openly admit that you paid to get on a couple of shows, mm -hmm. which uh, gets a really, kind of like the SoundCloud thing, it kind of gets a really negative connotation, but... I believe, in, if I was in that position, you're looking at it like you're paying to get on because that's the, the exposure that opens Definitely. you up to so many more fans of similar music that could then open opportunities, right? Definitely. Like, I look at it as, like, I'll keep it real. I have no reason to lie or do anything. It's It was 300 a show for the first four that we booked. Right. So... Now, now were you guys selling we, merch or anything at a show like that? Or? Bro, truthfully, barely. We We paid uh like 100 or 200 bucks to get a thousand uh wristbands made like little rubber wristbands mm -hmm. but we were just giving those out right. just, just to for like you said for the exposure just for sure. giving them out to people for free just and we still have people to this day that will send me pictures years later that's awesome like hey still got my wristband like from this tour like blah 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 remember i met you at the doobie show and this and that so like it paid off and it wasn't really like about the money like for us like our our buddies, uh, Ruben and AY, were the doer game managers, and they're the ones that kind of funded everything. Paid sure. for the shows, and Ruben paid fifteen hundred for the van up front to buy us that van, so we have something to travel in. And like, it was definitely you got to pay to play sometimes, and it was worth sure. it because like, some shows were not so good, but some shows were great. And like, we were only supposed to do four, we ended up doing like twelve. Nice. And the Columbus show, on that tour had like fifteen hundred people at Newport Music Hall. The next one at Express Live had like two thousand, so it was. In, in our home state and then like the Atlanta show both of those were sold out first one was 300 something people next one was 500 something people right so it's just you have these shows and these crowds that you're able to get in front of without having to do the promotion do the work do anything you just have to show up right and perform like it if you're an artist that is upcoming and you have the extra money and the means to do so by all means 
pay to get on. If it has to make sense though. Don't just pay to get on any kind of show and don't right. get scammed. Be careful what you're investing in. Make sure it makes sense for you. But for us, it made all the sense and it definitely paid off. It was very beneficial for us. Absolutely. I, I love the candidness. So uh, on the candid note, um, I, I do have a little, a couple, I tried to do the Nardwar thing, but nobody would give me that really juicy shit on you. So commend, commend to your friends for not putting too much out. But <laughs> how long have you been a connoisseur of Crocs? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I almost wore them today. That's the funny thing. Um, a while. Uh, I I like comfiness. I'm right. was never too big on like being flashy and wearing the you know crazy shit. I I'm a sweatpants kind of guy. Slides or Crocs and right. just. I don't know. I like to be comfortable, relax. So no, no problem. I find uh find some new ways to style them. I uh I put some chains on the one that we just did a show recently at the Medusa. I put uh some like um, some chains that you would wear, like some link chains on on the Crocs. So my Crocs had chains on. <laughs> they have those little like things, like the little like icon. Yeah, the they little push pin, Yeah, you should do you know like a little an invasion one or like do a That's whole. That's crazy. You said that because I have a homie named Dylan. Dylan Shipley, uh, check him out on Instagram, Ship Cartel. He does a lot of custom artwork and shit. He's dope. Uh, he hydro dips, like, shoes and right. shit and slides. So I was like, go to Five Below and just get a shit ton of, of slides, or right. Crocs and slides and shit. Specific, I was more so thinking Crocs. And hydro dip the Crocs and then get some of the pins, get oh, some, yeah. like, custom invasion go. pins made and, like, paint on them with a paintbrush, like, invasion, or, like, just make right. some sick invasion Crocs, like, fucking start selling those. At every show, you, you, you lose your shoe, we got them. Lose <laughs> <laughs> it in the mosh pit, don't worry, Invasion's got you covered. Right, which takes us into a fun segue of, it seems to be you like to make music, but you love to perform from the outside. Is that an accurate depiction of you? Of you? Honestly, yeah. Because it, it seems like you, your your energy when you're performing from the clips that I've seen, you really come alive with, with, the, with the audience. Has it always been that way for you? or? Yeah, I've... Since I was little, my mom's always told me that I just wanted to entertain people and like always liked being the center of attention. And like, I'm not saying that I like being the center of attention because I, I don't by any means. I'm I'm honestly very like introverted and this and that. But for some reason, just being on the stage, it just brings out this comfort, like right. this comfortably like numb feeling for some reason. And just I don't know. It's it's really indescribable. I, it's it's hard to put into words. And I have like talks like this all the time with people about it and just. It's so different. It's I feel like just in command and in control, and I just I don't know. I'm I'm confident in what I'm doing, and like right. I, r I really believe in what I'm doing and what I'm saying, and so it just brings out like this different side of me because I'm not always and haven't always been the the most confident person. So it's just it's like that safe space for me, you know? For sure. Love the stage, love performing 100%. If, the, if there's a new artist, what would be your top three pieces of advice for somebody to give a good performance? Uh, first and foremost, it's I think it's just all about, like you said, energy. Mm -hmm. It's all, well, sorry. all about energy. It's a, uh, you just gotta be yourself, don't overthink it. Because that a lot of artists will do that. They'll overthink. Oh, I don't want to mess up my lyrics. I don't want to do the, this or that. Right. It's just if you just go out there and be yourself, make music that you have made and that you're confident in, that you are proud of and ready to show other people, and just know that people are going to be supportive. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's always going to be those couple of haters and this and that. But 
for the most part, you go to a show, people are going to give you their attention, people are going to be supportive, they're, they're there to see artists, they're there to see a show, you know, so it's just, go out there, be yourself, get good energy, and make sure you don't uh, jump around too much and get super out of breath, and <laughs> can't finish your lines, because I'm guilty of that multiple times, make sure you pace yourself, That's but awesome. just have fun with it, man, it's, it's about having fun, really. The, undoubtedly, the the worst performance I've ever seen was a local artist. We won't we won't put them all the way out there, but they faced the back of the stage for ninety percent of the show with their back to the crowd, which you're like everybody's here to see performance. You know, you're right. you, you kind of gotta interact with people a little bit. You know, but from from the clips I've seen, you definitely know how to get the attention, keep the attention, and if, if it's running out of breath at the end of the song, there's the problem. You just gotta run laps before before. You know. <laughs> also, honestly, credit that to uh, to the Doer Gang homies as well. My buddy A Bob, like I said, we just would spend a lot of time watching documentaries and shit of like The Doors with like Jim Morrison and just another shit. And we would listen to a lot of Pink Floyd and just would we're and uh, watch documentaries of um, Elvis Presley and just a couple others. So just got really tapped in and tuned in, especially when you're on the psychedelics and shit, like, you feel like you can actually, like... Right, feel like you're there. You feel like you're there and soaking in the information a lot better, and, like, it resonates in you a lot deeper. But, um, so we just kind of just studied these guys that were really great at, at crowd control and just at compelling an audience and, like, capturing attention and, like, really creating that energy and, right. and the flow. And, like, I look up to artists like XXXTentacion, like, uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, he's one of my favorite performers ever. So, and like MGK, local Cleveland guy, he's one of my all-time favorite performers. So it's like seeing these dudes perform, you know, and like how hard they go and the energy they bring and just gives me a good blueprint to go by and then to just put my own little twists and, and things on it and try to make it my own thing. Speaking of little twists, what's it like to get suplexed on stage? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking louds, man. Oh, man. Tell us the story. What, what, so, what do we need to know? We were at the Odeon for 90s night. And uh, I think the the week, or the meeting before, we meet every Wednesday at the show. So the, a few days prior, we were talking about, I was like, yo, we got to open the pit. And I'm going to get, like, up on your shoulders. And, like, have someone else, too. And, like, I'll be, like, up on your guys' shoulders. And you guys hold me up. And, like, we'll just, everybody else will be moshing around me. So I'll just be, like, up above everyone. And I'll just keep rapping and shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then I don't know what happened on his end because I wasn't even down in the crowd. I was, like, sitting on the edge of the stage. And then I start standing up. And next thing you know, he, like, yokes me up. I get lifted in the air, so I keep going with it. I'm literally still rapping. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm off my feet at this point. He, this wouldn't be the first time that he's just randomly lifted me up. He did it at Doerfest, too. <laughs> and um, he lost his footing, I guess, when he stepped backwards. I tripped over some cords or shit by the speaker. And fell straight backwards and like straight suplexed my ass Kurt Angle style there's a video of it on my Instagram go check it out it's just hilarious and that kind of takes you back to the 90s of you know WWF wrestling so loved that shit that sounds up. like it goes with the night mm -hmm. um so what else do we got in here before we move into uh oh that's the one I wanted to get to is you have your uh, son's initials tattooed on your forehead what's it like yeah. being a rap dad I love it love it it's definitely uh it's funny uh a lot of people from the outside kind of make their judgment on it, but uh, I kind of tune it all out. I kind I think that's a reason why I have gotten like the tattoos and put them where I put them and stuff. Cause mm -hmm. I like to see who's 
more like looking at me and like right. focused on me as a person as opposed to like worried about those things and if you're worried about my appearance and that's like what you're concerned about then you're not somebody that I you know would sure. care to get to know so it's 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 been fucking as far as being a rap dad though it's been awesome my, my son is my greatest blessing he's been a life changer for me it's been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me uh, wake up to him every day his smile and he, he can start to talk now so he'll look at me with a big smile say dad dad and <laughs> stuff and it melts my heart for real he's that kid is my world but it's motivating for real because now I'm not just doing it for me I have him I'm doing it for a greater cause and I want to put food on the plate for my family now and right so I feel like I'm I'm not like in it for the. I, I want. I want the attention and and the fame and the this and the that. I just want to be able to take the music and take what I'm doing and take the whole invasion movement and just make it profitable and just be able to be comfortable and just be able to feed my son and not have to have him worry and just you know live. So we're in the back half of your interview. I, I don't think it's been too too killer yet. Um, I do like to do two segments with everybody. Um, one's called name dropping and the other with musicians is discography discussions. Which one do you want to hit first? Or me too? What's that? <laughs> me too? Uh, either or. You, you choose. Whichever um, one. Let's go name dropping. You might have might have already used dropped a couple of these names, but the idea with name dropping is I'm going to say a name that we know that you're somehow attached to and you kind of let us know how you met them, wh what they do, and why people should know more about them. Right. Um, this is going to be a hard one for you since you definitely don't like hyping up all, all your buddies. <laughs> Um, let's go with, uh, I just mentioned him, uh, what can you tell us about Curly Chuck? Curly Chuck, man. Crazy lyricist. Probably the best lyricist in Cleveland. If you're, if you're into real rap and lyrics and just raw hip-hop, you have to check out Curly Chuck. Like, if you're from Cleveland and you don't know who Curly Chuck is and you listen to hip-hop, there's some kind of issue there. Gotta get hit to Curly Chuck. And uh, what would be your most fond, whether or not, if it's not the first time that you met him, what's your most fond Curly Chuck memory? Honestly, the I would I don't know if it's the most fond because we did, we have so many to be honest. But uh, a funny one that always sticks out is the first time I did ever beat him. I was already familiar with his music mm -hmm. ahead of time, and I was a fan of his music. And me and my buddy Nubis from Dewar Gang, we were pulling up to the old Invasion studio in Warrensville mm -hmm. for the first time. Uh, I think it was for Adi's birthday party, and this was the first night we met all of them. But me and Nubis were in the car the way there, like, oh, I hope Chuck's there. Like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to meet Chuck. Like, I hope he's there. We pull up to the, uh, we're like, we hit up Adi, like, yo, we're here. He's like, all right, come to the back door. I'll let you in. Adi comes to the back door and opens it, and Chuck's literally just sitting there, like, got his arm on Adi's shoulder. He's like, hey. <laughs> me and Nubis just look at each other like, yeah, Chuck's here. <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but just, yeah, so many. All the performances we do together and just right. a bunch of shit, man. That's my brother. Um, let's go. You just mentioned him. Number two, we, I think we typically do about three. So who is Adi Ray for somebody that ha has never heard his music, never heard of him? Adi Ray, man. What can I not say about Adi Ray? That man really changed my life and put me in a great position. He is... Uh, He's an artist, he's a producer, he's an engineer, he's a CEO, he's a boss, he's my brother, he's head honcho of Invasion Records, founding father of Invasion Records, and uh, you know, the reason that we're all able to record at Invasion Studios and 
the reason that we're all members of Invasion Records doing, you know, what we're doing together as a unit. And, you know, he, he made it all happen. That's, that's the bro. Absolutely. Uh, the last one, I'm going to throw a wild card. You, you can name drop anybody you want that you think needs more recognition. Whether music, not music, whatever you want to go. Hmm. So much harder when you got to come up with the, the person yourself, isn't it? I know, because I'm trying to... Trying You're like, to damn, think. I know about all these talented people. How do I narrow it to one right now? Hmm. Since this is a wild card and I am having a little bit of trouble thinking about it, and I don't want to just, like, throw out any, like, friend of mine and then have another friend be offended or something, I'm going to throw out somebody that I don't really know all too personally, but that I have a lot of respect for. Well and that's, uh Connor Michael Smith. Does he's uh, the fiddle and he does like every music. Thing, yeah, right? he's he, got that he new plays the vi Yeah, he plays the violin. He's an artist himself. He right. was he was part of a a band. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I don't. I, it I, like I believe a, it's called In Real Life. Something like or, that. Yeah. Something along those lines. I apologize if I got that wrong, Connor. <laughs> but um, he performed at that '90s night at the mm -hmm. Odeon. But um. He was like the headliner. He had the last set of the night, and I feel like the show was getting like pushed and delayed or something. I don't know what it was, but he ends up not performing till like eleven o'clock, and by that time, a large portion of the crowd had been gone. And he, you know, someone that works hard, artist that you know, he sold a lot of tickets, was you know waiting all night to perform and stuff. Uh, definitely, uh, probably didn't go exactly as planned, but he honestly put on such a great performance like he had my girl getting emotional and shit multiple <laughs> times throughout it because he was just so genuine and sincere and just had multiple talks with the crowd and was just like very real and just very just open and just like himself and just like no ego whatsoever just completely just vulnerable and just like showed the complete like his side of him and just it was awesome it was admirable to see and a lot of respect for that and he's definitely a great artist in the city that mm -hmm. a lot of people should check out and definitely see him doing some very big things he's young got a very bright future out of him yeah after the curly chucks on i looked him up a little bit and it's everything i've seen that he does he goes as hard as he's he can with everything fire he's got <laughs> he's got this because he raps too he does right. it all he's got this music video where he's on a roof he's wearing like a ski mask and shit and he's uh rapping over i think i believe a joiner lucas beat and um, I think it's the Lucky You uh, beat, and uh, he kills it. Great video. I think it's at like 2 million views or something like that. So nice. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. Connor Michael Smith, great artist. Absolutely. Let's do a little bit of discography discussion. After all, you are a musician. And to me, a song is one thing, and then once you could hear the the behind the scenes of it, or if there's a perspective of a song that like somebody might have missed, it becomes so much better to me, is why this has become... Originally, the show was supposed to be like a balance of inter entertainers, entrepreneurs, and educators. And right. There's so many more musicians that are ready to hear to tell their story, and it's so amazing to see how all of you guys are the same but different. It, it, like, there's a lot of archetypes. So, we'll see if you, if your processes and everything fit with the same. I want to name a couple different songs of yours, and I want you to kind of give me the behind the scenes of who produced it. If there's any notable lines in there, anything we might have missed as just the the common listener. Right. Um, Let's go with, might as well go with, uh, I believe Diesel's probably been your most successful, it looks like, right? Uh, yeah. What can you tell us about your, your song, Diesel? Uh, so Diesel, um, my, my buddies had just moved out, uh, 
It was uh, my buddies uh, Hazzy and OAO. They just came out and moved to an apartment uh, in Northeast Ohio. So we moved everything into the apartment and uh, they set up a little home studio. And uh, that was the first night that they spent in the apartment. I just went over to go check out the spot. We are like, fuck it, let's record. So we just recorded ourselves on Pro Tools. Um, took it to Adi, I think the following week and had him mix and master it and then uploaded it uh, through DistroKit and had it go to all platforms and that's uh, around that time is when the um, the whole virus shit hit and that's when I got really into the marketing and mm -hmm. shit so that's when I kind of taught myself how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. I bought a couple programs that uh, taught you how to do it so I learned that and Google ads and then I had run some Facebook IG ads for Ford Diesel and ran a download campaign and a link camp like smart link campaign that just took you to the Spotify link and pushed it directly to people that had Spotify as like a like or interest on Facebook. Right. And uh, it was able to, within the first week, catch the Discover Weekly and release radar from getting so many saves and streams and then just ran up organically from there. Now I think it's about to hit 100k, so like 98k or something like that. Yeah, you're at uh, just short of 98. Well, there's a Sunoco station as the cover. Where's that Sunoco station? Truthfully, no idea. No idea? I uh, typed in uh, diesel gas on Google Images, scrolled super, super far so it wasn't one of the top ones, and then just edited the picture and threw some bone shit. So I, I made the cover myself for that, but it, I honestly have no idea where that's at. That, that's, that's an even better story than if you told me the exact location of it. <laughs> um, and then I don't think that there's a video for that one. Have I just not found that? No, no video for it. So you have all that audio success. You didn't think to kind of partner it up with the video or just didn't fit into the time frame? Uh, yeah, I think just never ended up making the time for it, I guess. Nothing wrong with that. Let's move on to, uh, I believe the first song of yours that I ever heard was Rage. So tell us more about Rage. Rage was recorded at the New Invasion Studios in Northfield. Mm -hmm. Um... Chuck, or I hit the, we have a group chat, and I hit the group chat, so you know, who wants to go cook up today? I was uh, baby free for the day. My son had a babysitter, or was out with mom or d doing something to where I was just, I had the day to myself, and so I was like, yo, like, who wants to go record? Chuck had uh, responded immediately. He was like, yo, I'm down. Um, so he pulled up. Um, we just started vibing out. You know, got a... Uh, Smoking, chilling, I little stemming cab guy to, <laughs> to feel the vibe out, you know. I like to, I do that for most shows, most performances and when I'm recording, etc. Like anything like real music, like like the getting into it like that for an event or something, I just, I like to be on shrooms for some reason. It's com <laughs> comforting. Nothing wrong with the but, um, comfort. Only a microdose, so I don't like to get super like faced or anything like that because then I don't want to like, be just gone and not able to perform or do what I'm supposed to be doing, but just a little tiny stem cap guy to microdose right. and just be one with myself, keep me centered. I get down like that. <laughs> but uh, so he came to the studio, we were just vibing, and uh, he played the beat uh, produced by Risley. And uh, I had some, I, I work at uh, Amazon at a fulfillment center. Okay. So I have a lot of downtime. At, uh, I just scan shit at a fucking station all day. It just a pod rolls up, I scan it, and then it rolls away. So I have like downtime between the pods, and I'll just sit there and write music in my journal. And uh, Chuck has um, rage tattooed above his eyebrow, and I remembered I had written some lyrics that had 
uh, Ray, it was a hook originally, which ended up being the hook for Rage. And uh, I showed him that and rapped it along to the beat. And he said, oh yeah, it's like that's hard, go record that. And so made the hook at first and then we're like decided to layer it up. So he threw his layers on it. So we were like both on the hook, like with multiple layers, just both threw our verses on it. Adi pulled up, I think, and mixed it either that same day or then, or no, it was a few days later, but it got mixed like that same week and then uh, uploaded it and got us. The cover art was a picture of me and Chuck um, in Pittsburgh. We went to a Freshie concert out there with him in NASCAR Allo and uh, just took a picture of me and him. Adi had sent it off to one of his boys, got a cover art made for it. Nice. The dude sent the art back, uploaded it, and now it's probably one of my favorite songs to perform. <laughs> nice. Who's Ryan Spots? Ryan Spots. He's got writing credit on that song. Hmm? Really? I have no idea who Ryan Spots is. Well, now you know. Look into that's, that after you leave here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is definitely strange because uh, only people in the studio at the time were definitely me and Chuck. But I'm gonna <laughs> find out who you are, Ryan Spots. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad Colin can help. Could it could yeah. let you know about that type of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Ryan um, Ryan Spots. And if there was only one song, if somebody listened to this interview, that they were going to go to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud to check you out, if there was one song to kind of just say, this is who I am, what is it? And why? Um, there's probably, there's a song called uh, Defeated. Okay. Uh, it's off an uh, EP of mine called Era Enigma. It's a six-track EP that I dropped uh, at the end of 2019, top of 2020. And uh, it's just very insightful to kind of what I'm trying to do in life and what I don't know what my goals are and what I envision my life being and stuff the I say in the hook I said I'm uh, gonna keep it real trying to get my mom a crib uh, pay the bills let her chill and we all good now I'm feeling like an addict trying to build up to the attic when I know the sky's limit and we all should just vibe for a minute I'll be feeling and I got a funny feeling everything will be all good so we just give thanks well aware that I might not wait live it up like we all should so I feel like it's just motivational and giving insight so that I'm trying to give my mom a better life and provide for my family and yeah it's a raw genuine song awesome you just solidified that we don't have to do the uh, the lyric test segment that we do on a couple people <laughs> I, I did trip I, I did trick tri curly chuck on a few of his I, I kind of skipped around and kind of did that uh the um remember the ludicrous thing where they had the dude with, like the really really white voice try to like say, say the rap songs completely fucked. Up. <laughs> but I do hear I do hear the audience say do it. So let's. So what do we have in here? Let's go. What can we find that isn't right on the top of your brain? Let's go deep into the playlists. So I'm gonna play a quick snippet, stop it, and you gotta tell me what the next line or two is. Mm -hmm. Do we know what song it is off the first songs? Thing about this song is I'm a feature on that song. Oh, do you not know your so, feature verse? I I do. It's at the end of the song. Uh, this isn't one of my songs, is it? You're featured on it. On this one? Yeah. I'm teaching this man a lot about his career today. <laughs> Yeah, this is, comes up under... What is this called? Um, 
Or did I actually do I have something playing in the background? Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, I just not something. I was gonna say. There we go. <laughs> That's how we trick them. Let's actually push the right buttons. So this is a feature. Well, well, actually, let's run that back. That means that you thought that you were on the back of that song that we were just listening to. And I was confused. <laughs> I was like, the, the beat didn't sound familiar. I know this beat. This is Loner with Michael Plynn. Right. I know this one. Um, yeah, it's towards the very end of the song. I trusted you, showed you with my home, brought you wind of the fold. How the fuck could you do this shit? The man knows his stuff. <laughs> Even if you try to trick him with a song that isn't his and uh, and everything else, but I haven't heard that in a minute either. I recorded that a year ago. And one thing I almost always try to remember to ask somebody that. As soon as I make a, a video or anything for any of my clients, I'm ready to put it out right away. And it's amazing mm -hmm. to me how musicians have this like superhero power of you have some gold on your hard drive and you're like, I don't think I'm gonna put that out yet. How do you know when a song's ready to put out? Um, truthfully, a speaking for myself, and it shouldn't hopefully be speaking for other artists if they like know how to correctly uh, release music. You have to have a budget behind a release to get it out to the right amount of you. You can have the best song in the world, but if you just drop it and put nothing behind it, no promo, no marketing, no no nothing, and just expect right. it to go, it's going to fall in the graveyard with the other thousands and thousands of songs that get uploaded to the internet every day. Right. So it's just about just, I don't know, doing shit the right way. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works. Uh, the last thing I want to cover before we get out of here, we're at about an hour, where I'd like to try to keep them at. Um, you're a heavily tattooed man. When did you start getting tattoos? Uh, when I was 18. Okay. Yeah. As in, uh, what was the deciding factor for a face tattoo? Um, the first one was the 333? Three, three, three? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was, I was on, on the tour at the time, the Doobie tour, and I was really drunk. <laughs> uh, a guy offered free tattoos. And I was just on tour, fucking living like a rock star. <laughs> just was like, this is my life. This is what I'm gonna do with my life. I don't care what people think. Right. I'm, you know, I've always enjoyed tattoos and how they looked. I always, you know, even if even if music wasn't the route, I always knew that I wanted to be heavily tattooed and like I'm nowhere near done. I just. You know, comes down to a budget too. Gotta, well, you're, gotta you're pay a young for dude it. too. You can't run out of skin before too long. Right. So just, uh, yeah, it was a motivating factor if anything. Cause my very first tattoo was the um, the rose on the back of my hand and lion. I got it at the same time. So I put the hand tat first, just kind of the stigma of if you have like tattoos in your hands or face, you can't get like corporate jobs, etc. Right. So when I was 18, I tattooed the back of my hand just as a like commitment to, to myself that this is what I was going to do with my life and it's what I wanted and then kind of did the same thing with the face tats and then I have the uh, invasion symbol right here right. and then my son's initials on my forehead. Uh, I think I'm going to slow down for a little bit. The <laughs> face ones, my mom's not thrilled not about thrilled. it. Every time I come home, the new one, she's absolutely pissed. I'm sorry, mom. I love you so much. No more <laughs> for a little bit. 
So does she think the R ones are okay, but draws the line at the? Yeah, no. Or? She she has tattoos herself. She's very supportive of tattoos. She right. likes she likes tattoos a lot. She's just doesn't want them on my face. She's right. Anywhere anywhere but the face. But I'm proud of my son. Wanted to. Absolutely. Wanted to wear it proudly, and I do. And the son one that was done by a friend of the show, Scuff Mixon, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out Scuff. Uh, um, went to his house and got it done, and my girl got a uh, No More Bad Days. Uh, tattooed on her forearm, which is actually a scuff lyric. He has right. a song called Bad Days. So he was able to tattoo that on her. We were listening to the song as he was tattooing it, which was pretty cool, and gave me the tattoo for my son's initials, and definitely a really awesome moment that I'll always remember. That, that right there is music marketing. If you like the song, let, hurry up, let me tattoo the, t the, the words on it for you. Mm -hmm. No autograph, but what, what better personalized autograph than, you know, got, got the song lyrics there. Right. Um, are there any tattoos that you have got that you think you're going to get a cover-up on? Or are you sticking with all the ones that you got till, till the end? Uh, no, I like what I got, to be honest. Um, I really don't have all too many besides the sleeve. I just got, like, the rose, lion, UFO, anarchy symbol of Buddha smoking a joint, uh, the guardian of transportation that's on the I-90 bridge downtown, uh, my great-grandfather's initials, and he was Irish, so a little shamrock, uh, fear God, and, uh, yeah. What's the, uh, you got Ohio back here? Yeah, the Ohio, uh, state of Ohio outline, and my last name is Perrin, so a P inside of it. And then it's also a um, tribute tattoo. I had a, a friend named Punky. Well, her nickname was Punky. Her name's Danielle. Um, she had passed away, and uh, she had the same Ohio outline tattoo in, in the same spot. Behind gotcha. Her so it's kind of like a double meaning tattoo. And uh, I don't think I asked this before. Uh, a lot of people come up with a stage name, but you seem to just embrace the, the, the full real name. Mm -hmm. um, what was the motive behind using your name instead of coming up with, you know, kind of that new persona? Uh, truthfully, just n nothing sounding right, like when I was trying to make a name. Cause, right. Because really how it came about was uh, my buddy Luke, I moved into an apartment with him when I was 18, and he's been a wrestler his whole life, so um, he's con I convinced him to get into fighting if I would drop a song on SoundCloud. So like we both motivated each other to like chase each other's dream. He ended up going on to become like the number two flyweight in the state of Ohio. Nice. Like won a won a belt and shit for the amateur. Like, he did his thing with MMA. He still is, but he's going through some injuries at the moment. But uh, we uh just were sitting there trying to think of a name, and everything just sounded just like cheesy and just weird. Right. And I was like, it doesn't sound genuine. Just it's I don't know. I was like, I just want people to know me. I don't want to like feel like I'm hiding behind a persona or a name, right. I just want to be myself and just, you know, I feel like people will just resonate with that. I make, I make people, or I make music that I enjoy, so if I enjoy it, there's got to be some other people that think the way I think and, you know, like the same things I like as billions of people in the world and that's the beauty of music is someone's favorite song is somebody's least favorite song and someone's least favorite song is someone's favorite song, so I'm just going to be myself, stick to the, my moniker just Nelson Perrin for those who don't know it's pronounced Perrin a lot a lot of people pronounce it wrong Perron Perron um, it's Perrin like the like if you put a pear in the bag or like some, I don't know <laughs> you put a pear on like no no because that that fucks it up because then they're saying on it's not on it's in Perrin it sounds like you should put out at least like either a video or a song kind of like all the different ways you could think of to make remember Perrin I've said that actually we have a uh, Someone that helps with management on Invasion, uh, her name's Meep, 
uh, we, were, uh, we were just having a conversation about that. I was like, so many people pronounce my name wrong. She's like, my last name is a pain in the ass to pronounce. I was like, dude, so many people get mine wrong. I'm about to make a song that just right. t- teaches people how to pronounce it. She's like, yeah, I second that. That's a great idea. <laughs> but between that one and the Curly Chuck and your kids in the video, I, I think you run with those two and you, you got, it, got it in the bag. Yes, sir. Um, what did I not ask you that you think, or did, was there anything you thought I was going to ask you about that I didn't, or anything that we left out? Um... Not that I can think of off the top. Do, any. do we have any new projects on, on the horizon or in, anything that uh, we want to cement, get it out in the world so that you have to do it now? Um, yeah. Uh, I got a little, uh, and it's, it's nothing like, it's not going to be like a super bit. It's only like three songs, to be honest. Um, and one of them, I'm, I believe we're just going to put Rage on it just to re-bring traction to it. But me, I think me and Chuck are going to drop a little three-song EP nice. called Mosh Pit Music Volume 1. And uh, so there'll be three tracks on it, Rage being track number three, and then we'll drop volume two with three more tracks, you know, a few months right. following, and just keep that kind of little trend going with the mosh pit music of just a little duo songs, me and him. Uh, got that. Um, we got, uh, in as far as, uh, inva- ooh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this yet and announce this yet. Should I just do it anyways and be the first to announce it? I, just... I think so, because if, if we're, what's the worst case scenario? We gotta go over to Invasion Studios and do another interview with Adi to get full approval or yeah. something. You know, what's the worst? Yeah, we'll just we'll run it by the boss. But like, uh, we do have uh, an album coming out. Uh, another one of those collaboration albums. Yeah, and the Invasion Volume Three. Nice. Uh, we'll be coming out. Um, we don't have an exact release date for it yet. But you think this year, next year? The, uh, this year, back half of this year. Nice. Probably, uh, we're thinking around Halloween time. Not 100 on that yet, so don't quote me, but it's on the way. And then we have, uh, we have all the songs recorded and the track list pretty much made up. And On the way is all we need. You know, we, we don't need exact dates. We'll, we'll let the, the real guys actually put the real dates. Yeah. Um, let everybody know how to find you online uh, before we get out of here. Uh, all my socials are just at Nelson Perrin, N-E-L-S-O-N-P-E-R-R-O-N, at Nelson Perrin on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Snapchat, it's Nelson Perrin 7, but I don't really use that for just music promo, but if you got Snapchat and you're into hearing, like, I, I play a lot of leaked and, like, unreleased songs in my car and shit, I'll throw those in the story, so if you want some snippets of that, add me on Snapchat. <laughs> nice. And uh, now that you've gone through the process, who's somebody that you know that would be a, another good person to sit in that chair? Um, anybody from Invasion, for real. You gotta get to know the rest of the guys. Uh, and get uh, Stony up here. If you haven't talked to Stony yet, Stony's not been on the list yet. Stony would definitely be a great one. Um, our DJ, uh, Davs, uh, Darian. Uh, we got Louds and Beamer. Any of the guys, really. I would tap in with all of them and see see who you can get up here. Nice, got some nice stories. Right here to we tell. got Adi Ray creates. We want to get all the artists on, so we're we're on top of that. I'm glad I'm glad we're already putting in the work of what you said we got to work see on. See how that works, <laughs> universe. And that's really the the key of of podcasting though. It's mm-hmm. kind of like we talked before we started. Like I'm essentially right now that little spider where you know this was one of your first real interviews. I got Adi's first real interview. I don't know anybody that has more interviews with Curly Chuck than Collins Conversation. So like. Right. If you're into any of you, we've then created the web of as soon as you're like, oh, well, check this out. Oh, well, oh, I know that guy too. Because um, there's, like you said earlier, there's so much talent in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Why not promote all of it? Right. You know? 
there's enough for everybody to eat. That's the thing that like so many people don't realize, and everybody's so worried about like protecting their part of the play. Like there's so so much room for everyone to grow and, and just when you, be when together. When you spend all your energy trying to protect what you thought was a big pile, you you don't realize that over here, the, their big pile is really here instead of here. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to connect and, and try new things, and right. then next thing you're like, how did I just make that much doing that? You know, you started you started off paying for shows, and then you're getting paid an astronaut astronomical amount of money to do a show one day you mm -hmm. know it's all progression i think that's what's so beautiful about invasion as a whole is i think we're all just so disconnected from just like our personal shit like we all just see the bigger picture of right. things and like see where this can grow as as a as a team and how moving as a team and just makes everything easier on everyone and just it's just made everyone's lives so much easier and just invasion coming together we all signed officially like we've been together for a while like since like last year and like i met them in end of 2019 beginning of 2020 but um we all officially signed uh on paper in march so since then from march till now i feel like it's just we've already just seen so much progression and just we're all kind of seeing what we can really do with it and it's just bigger than ourselves and so everyone's selfless and knows their role and plays their part and just it's like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> well-oiled machine. Awesome, my man. I appreciate you coming down, and uh, it's time to get, get editing on all this footage. Uh, hopefully, we actually got good recording. The last two things that I did, oh, my God. Like, it's almost the same setup every trip, and every time there's always something that goes wrong. That's why there's always two cameras, because one of them fucks something up inevitably. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Absolutely.